Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. I enjoy spending time with best-selling authors, writers, editors, publishers, and those creative souls to talk about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as a writer from the moment we put pen to paper. Today, I am speaking with Andrea Pass. As a public relations professional, she works with both fiction and nonfiction authors to create and implement media relation campaigns to keep them relevant with interviews and book reviews to drive sales and grow their brands. It is so wonderful to have you here, Andrea, because this is an important topic. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cindy, so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I would like to start our conversation by asking you to clarify, how is public relations different from advertising? And, And you know, that's always the most misunderstood part of public relations, I've been in the public relations business for a long, long time. And so many people, even my parents for a while, oh, you're doing advertising. No, I am not in advertising. In advertising, you pay for content to appear. So you design an ad and that appears in a newspaper, a magazine, a blog, a website. Uh, You record an ad that might appear on a radio station or on a podcast or on a TV station. And you have control that content. And everyone, the public, knows that you paid for that advertisement and that you are going to obviously be patting yourself on the back, your business, your service, your book, your product, because you've created the content. In public relations, it is third-party editorial endorsement. It is earned media content because you are not paying the journalist to write about you or interview you. So the journalist has the control over the questions and the content to ultimately be included about you and your book. So you need to focus on what the perception is and the perception of public relations is that someone's giving you that endorsement. That's the truth. And so by someone else saying, you've got to read this book, this book is fabulous, then that's going to give the background that you need to grow your brand. And so there's that major difference between trust and believability. Advertising, eh, you're a little skeptical. In public relations, it's believable because it's coming from a third party. I like that. And that helps to clarify what what the two differences are. And you're right, the trust factor. Because when you stop to think about how is how is that material being presented to me does influence how we perceive what we're seeing. Um, for many authors, when it comes to the idea of marketing their books, you know, promoting themselves, because that's truly what we're doing, many of them would rather, you know, like scrub toilets at an <laughs> international airport than to do the marketing, to do the public relations. <laughs> Why do you feel that, you know, we have such a resistance to this thing called public relations and marketing? Because it's scary. 
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's the unknown. And especially for authors, authors are spending their time researching, writing, editing, getting it fine-tuned so that you can publish that book. And with today's world, especially since the start of the pandemic, this influx of self-published books yes. because people yeah. had time to write that book. So there are so many books out there. How do you distinguish yours from the book next to it on the shelf or on Amazon? And so it's uncomfortable because most people don't want to pat themselves on the back. Most people say, oh, I can't say those great things about myself. People will think I'm egotistical. No, you are your brand. You have to discuss the benefits of your book, of your background, of you. So they begin following you and they want to read the book after and the book after and the book after. So you've got to get over the hump of being uncomfortable doing interviews and uncomfortable tooting your own horn because then you're not going to be out there and the next person will be out there talking about their book. So you'll miss opportunities. I had one thing that popped up uh, for me was I was in a conversation with someone uh, about promoting themselves and they were taught by in, I guess, brand professional. And they were saying that don't do what you're uncomfortable with. And I'm like, that would be incorrect because if if that's the case, you wouldn't do anything. You have to start yeah. outside of your comfort zone. And, and, and go ahead. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, is it comfortable to do an interview? At first, no, but then you become comfortable because you're having a conversation with somebody, and you're having a conversation about something you know everything about. So, yes. no question can take you in a wrong direction because you're the expert at your book and your business and your brand. So if an interviewer asks you a question about your book that is off target, then you simply reply with, I tend to focus on X, Y, Z in name of book. So that's what's really important is that you can't answer a question incorrectly because it's about you. And I remember years ago, I had a client and we started working together in that weekend, like two days after I started working with him, we had a TV interview at a major New York City TV station. It was his first interview. And here's this buttoned up corporate guy, nervous as all get go. And I said to him, mark my word, within the next few months, you will change and you will look back at this interview and you will realize how comfortable you've gotten. And as time went on and I worked with him for a long, long time, he was able to see his comfort level and he wasn't pacing before the interviews and he was comfortable answering what he wanted to answer in the question to get the message out about his business. And the same holds true with authors. If you don't get the, out there and publicize yourself, then the other book is going to, someone else's book is going to get that recognition and you missed out. Right, because with, there's only so many topics that you can write on because there's only so many topics and there's a large number of people who are focused on a specific topic and you have to stand out. And how do you do that? And that is by 
being willing to showcase yourself, being willing to get out there and say, hey, look at what I did. And discussing, as you say, the benefits of your book. And I like how you worded that because the fact that that is a key element that in interviews, you know, such as like the podcast that I host, I'm not going to ask you outside of the box questions that are going to cause harm. And most interview um, hosts are not going to. They, they're focused on, on this topic. Now, if you're in a controversial topic, yeah, you probably will get asked those controversial <laughs> questions. But for the most part, you know, the ones that are doing the interview do not want to cause harm. And if they do, then you simply say, we're done. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. And also remember the question uh, you, you could say to me, oh, so Andrea passed public relations. Um, how is it to be based in New York City? And I simply flip it around and say, well, actually, Andrea Pass Public Relations is based in New Jersey, but it doesn't matter where I am. My clients can be anywhere. In fact, I'm waiting to hear from a prospective author from New Zealand. I have an author in Canada. I have an author in Florida. It doesn't matter where you are. I can do public relations anywhere. So it's learning how to flip a question that you get to then serve the needs of your brand. So that's what an author needs to do. But if an author is not going to do book events and an author is not going to do interviews, and if you think it's, I'm going to mail my book to a hundred reviewers and they're all going to review it tomorrow and give me a glowing review, <laughs> gone are those days. Yeah. And I remember, you know, back in my early days of PR and I worked with clients who had products and we would just send the products or the books to hundreds of journalists. Do you really think they all wrote about it? No, they gave it to their friend as a gift. And so now I'm only having my clients send their book to someone who requests the book because I'm in communication with them for an interview or a review. So no longer on the days that you blast them and it's in a pile. But you also have to recognize that not everyone is going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. But that doesn't mean you're not going to sell books and create a growth to your business, you need to set realistic expectations. And, and here's, a, can I share a story with you? I had an author who was connected with me uh, for a new business call. So we're doing a consultation on public relations and the call starts out with my book, a fiction book, is coming out in five weeks. Okay, I can get press. It doesn't have to be way before the book comes out. The book could come out already and I can get press. She says, well, I only want you to get me in People Magazine. Well, she's self-published and no one's heard of her before and she's never written a book before. And I said to her, I can't guarantee you that. I'll gladly pitch and I named the editor, the book editor of People Magazine, who I've worked with. I said, I will pitch her. I said, but she likes books a minimum of three months in advance of publication date. And 90% of the books she reviews are from the major publishing houses. So I need to set those expectations. Well, this author got very heated with me because she didn't like what I had to say, which was the truth. And I'm sure she found some PR person that decided to lie. But all these months later, I have not seen any publicity on her book. 
why would they want to only be in one publication versus a variety? That, to me, doesn't make sense. I guess. And, and it's almost like the folks that will pay an influencer $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 for one Instagram post, because then they could say that that influencer, and that is not a wise way of spending your marketing dollars. So when you're looking at your budget, you have to determine what's going to fit within your budget. And for an author, public relations should certainly be part of that budget because you want to stay relevant. Because the more people that hear about you, the more that you will grow. And maybe book two or book three will get that major publishing house because you're getting word of mouth. You're getting press coverage. So you have to start somewhere. And I work with my clients to media train them, to prepare them. Not every interview is going to be perfect, but that's okay because there'll be another one afterwards. And I have an author that I work with who did an interview, a podcast, and I listened afterwards. And she said, when the podcaster asked, what is your brand? Her answer, now, mind you, this is book number seven. She says, I don't have a brand. And I'm listening to the interview and I want to reach through the computer and grab her shoulders and shake her and say, yes, you are your brand. You write in a certain style. She writes about the Deep South. She writes about subjects that intertwine things that happen in her life, even though she might be writing historical fiction. She finds a way to do something that means something to her in her writing. So she does have a brand. So every author does have a brand. It doesn't mean that because you wrote a book today that's a historical fiction book, that tomorrow you can't write a romance novel doesn't mean that, but you still have your brand. And getting your brand out there using public relations is going to make you relevant. Yes, yes. And I never, I'm small town. I will, I'm a country mouse. I, you know, they always tell me, quit playing small, Cindy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I guess I never considered the idea of paying an influencer $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 to promote one of my products. Is that something that's kind of common? Or is that, you know, one of those, you know, once in a while people might consider it. <laughs> you know, it, what's interesting about, about influencers in the world of influencers is when people who are not educated in marketing, public relations, advertising, get someone to reach out to them and say, I'll do this for you, this amount of money, and I have this many followers, they believe it and they don't do their homework. And it's important that you do your homework because, for instance, the Huffington Post has millions and millions of unique views per month. Right. UVs. Okay. But it doesn't mean that that one article that you're in is going to get millions and millions of views. There's a lot of content on that site. It's how you market it afterwards. So spending that kind of money on an influencer, it, it's are you going to use that over and over and over again on your social media? because that's important. Every author should have social media pages, but the social media pages cannot be of your cat and the food you ate last night. <laughs> it's, it's, and listen, we'd love to share. We're in a world where we share every single thing. You go somewhere and, oh my goodness, I have to take a picture and I've got to post this. And, and that's the world that 
that we are now living in. However, if you're posting too many times a day, you are muddying the waters of your key message, which is that you were featured uh, in this publication or check out my latest podcast interview with Cindy or um, my book is now available at Target or whatever the news is. You wanna make sure that you're sharing news on your social media pages with your audiences and that you're not posting 12 times a day that you're including, oh, I, you know, I went here and I went there and I, I met this person for lunch. Put that on a personal page and create an author page so that you have them separated and, and post once a day, that's okay. And make sure you're responding and people are engaging with you. But in public relations, I make sure that I'm getting you press coverage so that you are putting that press coverage content on your website and on your social media pages so your audiences can see, read, listen, watch you being featured because of your book. And so that's what happens when I put a program together through Andrea Past Public Relations for an author. We're talking about taking those steps to get you comfortable, get you out there and keep you relevant in the world of the media. So one question that you have is, um, sorry, there was a little bit of feedback. Um, one question that I have is, so the book is launched. We do the, you know, the public relations, we get it out there. We, we share the news. Hey, looky, I wrote a book. So the next question is, how long do we keep that momentum going? What is, you know, obviously you're not going to recommend launch and let it go <laughs> because you want to have those maintaining sales that continue. But is it something that you do for like a month, you know, three months or six years? How would be the, you know, what would be a recommendation? I recommend that authors begin with a six month campaign. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a morning tickle. And the reason I say that is because something takes time. Uh, I just started working with a new client a week ago, and I've already secured five interviews for her. Okay, so one happened and it aired the next day. Another one isn't happening till the fall. They could not book her until the fall. Another one is happening in a few days. Another one is a book reviewer. So that reviewer is going to, it's in a pile. It's not the first book that the reviewer is going to read because they requested it. So public relations is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not a one and done. And again, there could be public relations executives and professionals who tell you, I'll take your money for a month and then they won't do anything. So you've paid this money. And unfortunately there are many public relations people that take your money and don't do anything. And I'm proud that I dive in the deep end on day one because I want clients to see I have the connections and I can secure the press coverage. So that's important that you keep it ongoing. Mm -hmm. I would recommend doing it for at least a year, but I start with a six month campaign because it takes time and it takes a budget because in essence, what you, the author, are paying the public relations person for is that person's time and efforts. So whereas I can write an email and someone might respond immediately and I secure an interview, that happens uh, few and far between. 
it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So we book the interview, we change the interview, we secure the date of the interview. I provide all the background information that the, the host or the author needs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of back and forth. I have an author of mine who's going to be on a, a TV station in a few weeks. I started pitching this four months ago. And so it didn't happen overnight. And this is the available date. And I've had to provide more information and more information. And there's a lot that has to happen. And then if breaking news happens that day that he's scheduled for this interview, it'll be bumped, which is out of our control. So then we'll go through the whole rescheduling process again. So I'm crossing my fingers that there's no breaking news that particular day, but we're in a very heavy news cycle, breaking news cycle time of our lives. And so those things happen. But start a campaign and continue the campaign because something new happens every day. You brought up something else that I wanted to to touch on, which is a budget. And there's so many people, and, and it's not just authors, it's not, it's anybody who's in business. Um, we're, we, because I am an entrepreneur as well. So I'm going to include myself in this because I am included in this. We want things that are free, inexpensive, something that's not going to, you know, rob the piggy bank. You know, we're not going to have to, what's the saying, rob Peter to pay Paul. Um, <laughs> so with, with uh, setting up a public relations uh, relationship with someone, what is, I don't want, well, I guess I can't really ask what the average budget is because <laughs> you, your clientele and the clientele of public relations are the 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 variance is is too large um but say it's a first-time writer and that first-time writer has just written what they think is you know the new york times best-selling memoir hey i might as well throw myself uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna use me as an example <laughs> I am you know it's a one. very you know cindy it's a very valid question what does it have to cost yeah. but Any public relations person that has a cookie cutter mold is not the public relations person you want. I don't do cookie cutter. Each client is unique. So I need to spend the time talking to that client to determine that client's goals. I have a new client, an author starting in a few weeks. She's written a memoir and her memoir um, is going to be challenging because of the fact that it is sexual in nature. And uh, not pornographic, uh, but, you know, uh, sexual in nature. And I said to her, we have to set realistic goals because this is going to take me two or three or four times as long to secure press interviews because of the fact that many press will not want to include your title of your book. And it's, it's a challenge. And she knows that. So therefore, her budget is a different kind of a budget because I'm going to have to spend more hours per month. Right. You know, on that book versus other people. So you really can't cookie cut a budget. However, if you search online, there are PR companies that'll say, I'll do an entire one year campaign for six thousand dollars. 
baloney. They hand you over to an intern who does an email blast. And if nothing comes of the email blast, you've paid $6,000. And I know authors that this has happened to. I had an author of a, um, a, a Holocaust family memoir that she wrote. And she paid one of these companies five or $6,000 and they were going to get her press and they got her nothing, zero. And she didn't have any additional money. So I say, do your homework and find a public relations person that has true experience and true results so that you know you're going to get those results from your campaign. So it's not cookie cutter, but public relations is not $500 a month. It's not because if you look at something and I joke, and when I've had people say, I could pay you $500, can you do a three month campaign? And I say, I'd make more money bagging groceries at the local supermarket. You know, I need to make a living. But because of the fact that Andrea passed public relations, I'm a solopreneurship, I don't have the overhead. So I don't have to charge $10,000 a month to my clients and I can have a lower budget because I don't have the overhead of paying salaries that sometimes go to newbies that have no experience or people who don't really want to work and say, oh, but I'm working on it. Uh, I know I'm getting the job done and I've been in business for myself for the last three plus years. I have never been happier, never been happier because I take accounts that there's that mutual understanding between me and my client. I develop wonderful relationships with my clients. I actually had a client who was in from, a former client who was in from Houston the other day and we met for lunch and I worked for her for two and a half, three years. And um, you know, it wasn't getting what she wanted and I couldn't achieve it because of various reasons. And she understood those, but we have stayed in touch and I still get her an occasional interview here or there because we have a long time relationship. So find someone you gel with, find someone who's actually going to read your book. Every author I represent, I read their book or I, I test their product or I've researched their service. So you don't want a PR person that's not going to take the time to be able to spit back to you. Oh, in your book, I really liked this or oh, this, I question this or whatever in your book. So find someone, I mean, I'm a reader. I'm in a book club for years now. Um, I, I, follow, I, I follow Friends in Fiction. I love it, you know, and, I, I, and many other uh, Facebook groups. Uh, I happen to love historical fiction. That just happens to be something. But right now uh, I'm reading the latest nonfiction uh, by Don Lemon from uh, CNN about race relations and, and his experience growing up. So, you know, I'll read a nonfiction book. I'll read fiction books, you know, and, and everything in between. You want to find a PR person that actually knows books because you don't want someone that has, doesn't read or doesn't know books. So you'll find that person and you'll find that budget, but you are going to have to realistically put a number of thousands of dollars aside for a campaign, but you will get that back in the brand awareness, in the driving recognition in the reviews and obviously selling books because you are continuing to use that content. And remember, if someone writes about your book or interviews you, it's not a one and done. Put it on your social media today, 
put the same thing up in three months and six months and eight months because it's evergreen. Yes. When you have evergreen content, you can reuse that, that interview. And, and when this interview comes out, I will share this on my social media pages. And a few weeks or months from now, I'll share it again and I'll tag you because that's what is going to grow our networks. And that's the beauty of public relations placements. Thank you for all of that. Because hearing you say, I'm not a cookie cutter, um, that is so important because of the fact that people want that, okay, it's going to cost me and again, I'm just throwing random numbers out. It's going to cost me 10 grand to do this. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they, there's this perception of not wanting to invest in the book. I've written a book. It should sell millions because I wrote this book. And people forget, or authors or entrepreneurs, forget that you have to invest in promoting it, getting that brand out there. You know, <clears throat> Coca-Cola, Pepsi, any of those didn't get popular because they said, oh, I've got a really good product. They'll find it. No, they promoted it. They got it out there. Same with Ford, GM, you know, Chrysler, all of the car manufacturers, Toyota, Honda. They all spend a, a phenomenal amount of, of um, money in promotion. And, and, and that's, that's the thing. The thing is you look at best-selling authors and best-selling authors didn't get to be best-selling authors overnight. And, no. and you look at even actors and actresses, they didn't become celebrities overnight. And then when you hear their careers and this little job they had and how they were, you know, waiting tables, uh, you know, in New York City before they got a big break on Broadway or whatever it was, nothing that we do is instantaneous. And, and therefore, you've got to work at it and realize this is your business. Your business is being an author. And your business is the same as any other business. And in order to get recognition using the media, and, and I, I sound corny, but I say it all the time, you gotta be in it to win it. If you are not being interviewed, then how can you say, oh, they didn't include my book in that holiday gift guide for cookbooks for the holidays? Well, who knew about it? Because the average journalist is not saying, I'm gonna do a search on Amazon for new cookbooks and write about them, no. They're reaching out to PR people. They're saying that, you know, I subscribe, my overhead is subscribing to databases, newsletters. Also, I'm in private Facebook groups and other social media groups. So all day, I'm having journalists reach out to me and networks of PR people saying, I'm writing this story. Do you have any, anyone that fits into this? And we have to jump on it and, get, and, and pitch. And then we pitch and if we make the cut, then they request the book or the product or an interview, and then it goes to the next step. Doesn't mean you'll end up in the finished article, but you have to go through all of this. So if you think everyone's just going to find your book, then you are going to be narrowed down to the books you gave out to your family and friends. And don't forget your family and friends. 
Uh, I'm amazed at how many people do not have their family and friends following their social media and engaging on their social media. So when an interview happens, make sure that your family and friends are engaging, that they are also posting that and saying, Cindy's latest book is featured XYZ, you know, just something. So I think that that's, that's all part of it. But when it comes to public relations, you've got to be in it. No one's going to know about you uh, unless someone is out there telling the press about you. Understood. <laughs> and it is an investment. It is, you're investing in your future. You're investing in your, your book, your livelihood, because obviously the intent, one of the intents of sharing our book is to uh, earn money. Uh, for some people, that urge is stronger than others. Others just have that need to tell their story. Others are writing the book purely for the financial gain. <laughs> so one thing that I do want to ask is, so we've talked about the process of and, and so forth, but how would, say, me, I will use me again as the example. So what do I need to do to prepare before our first phone call? What would I, or our first time that we, you know, I, I've, you know, filled out your contact form. I've, I've done whatever to reach out to you and said, Andrea, I have written a book. I, or I'm in the process. Oh, good question. Do you start the PR before the book is done or once it's ready to launch? In today's world, I recommend that you start the PR, do the conversation before the book is published, but start the PR two months before the book is published. If you are self-publishing, if you don't have the dollars and a big media house behind you, if you have a big media house behind you, you're going to start before 90 days before the book comes out. But if you're a solo person and you're paying for this out of your pocket, one month to two months before the book comes out, or even when the book comes out. But start the dialogue with someone like Andrea Past Public Relations before then. But what do you need? It's a great question. You need a website. Doesn't have to be fancy, but it's gotta have your book jacket, an overview about the book, any testimonials you received from, from people that you might feature in the book, your biography, your headshot, links to your social media pages that are for the book, and any speaking engagements or book signings that you've already scheduled. This should be on your website. That's gotta be done. So you're not ready for a PR person if you don't have the book jacket yet and you don't have an overview and there's no sales site. Once you have your pages up, your Amazon page or what have you, then you know there's a place someone can buy the book or pre-order the book. So if you're selling directly on your website and you're not going through Barnes and Noble or Target or Walmart or Amazon, that's fine, but you have to have that sales site set up. So you need those things before we can do public relations, because when I'm doing public relations, I'm making sure I'm including your social media pages and your website and a link to Amazon in that pitch to the press, because they're going to ultimately ask for it. So I need that so that when they're writing the review, they're including that in the review, because if there's no click through in an online review, 
or uh, you're, you're being featured on a podcast and the podcaster doesn't include that in the show notes, then you're kind of losing out because the average person may not remember that the name of your book is Andrea Pass Talks Public Relations or whatever it is. <laughs> oftentimes, we're, the average person consumes 11 hours of content a day, a day, which means we're reading something on our computer and scrolling on our phones. We're watching TV and scrolling on our iPads. We're reading a newspaper and the, a podcast is playing in the background. We're listening to a podcast and out jogging. We are multitasking constantly. So we're not going to remember everything right off the bat. So it's very important. I always tell you know, my clients and especially my authors, you've got to have the name of your book out there as much as possible and to repeat it when you're doing an interview, it's not my book. I have one client who says, well, in my book, and after the interviews, I say to him, you have to say the name of your book yeah. instead yeah. of your book. And the same way in this conversation, I've said Andrea passed public relations a few times because people are tuning in and out. So I think that it is important for you to have book jacket, overview, bio, uh, headshot, schedule of, of speaking engagements or book signings and a way to buy the book. Have that organized at least before you start the PR campaign. But speak to me a few months before. But the book has to be ready and you know it's going to be published. Not, oh, I have an idea for a book and I'm starting to write it. <laughs> I know people I said, you've got to tell me when the book is done and someone's edited it and it's actually going to be published. Exactly. Yes, because I've been saying for years, I'm going to write a book. And <laughs> I mean, I have literally, I have four fiction books that I have started. I have two that are, well, no, I have one that's completed. It will never, ever, ever, ever see a printing press because it's, yeah, not anything anybody would want to read. But it was a great way for me to you know, get it in on paper. And, you know, it was a practice, I guess you could say it was a practice. But one thing that I really want to, to hit on, because it is so important, the headshot. Please, please, please do not do selfies as your headshot. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You can find a good photographer that could do a headshot for under $100. I mean, you need a good quality headshot that's high resolution, um, 300 DPI, uh, JPEG format. Um, uh, yes, you need a good headshot that could be in a uh, the vertical or a square format because that's what certain people need. Invest in it. So yeah. a good yeah. headshot could be a studio shot that you have, you know, just a plain backdrop behind you, but get the photo of you, of you holding your book. If you're an outdoor person, have that picture outdoors, one of you alone and you holding your book. If you're a cookbook author, be in the kitchen, be behind a bunch of, 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 of pans or pots or, or bowls. Um, you know, if you're a gardener, have a picture of you in the garden. If you're writing a nonfiction book, have two photos. 
your basic headshot picture and the picture in action. So if you're a bicycle person and you're writing about bicycling, have a picture of your headshot and another one of you on a bicycle. So make sure you have two good headshots. But remember, if you're taking a headshot on your phone, there's a possibility someone shook a little bit and it's not clear. You might look at it and say, oh, this is clear. And another person, a journalist is looking and say, this is blurry. So take that time to have a good headshot. You're taking the time to have a good book jacket. I mean, you've, you've worked with a designer, however you've had your book jacket because a book jacket sells. You know, I remember years and years ago, I would go to Barnes and Noble when I wanted to read something and I would walk up and down the aisles and I'm grabbing books. And if the book jacket jumped out at me, then I read the description about the book. So you have a good book jacket, you have a description, you have a biography. A good public relations person will help you write your biography if you haven't already, but you must have it if you've written a book because it's in your book. So make sure that you have all of that organized so that a good uh, public relations person will be able to jump right in. And uh, it's important also if you are hiring a public relations consultant that they don't spend weeks ramping up. I, I had a, a, a boss years and years and years ago. We would tell clients, oh, we spend the first six weeks researching and writing press materials. And no, 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 no. You wanna work someone who's going to start today. And that's one of the things I do in, in my PR work is once you've provided me with the photos I need, the website, the social media, your bio, I start. I, I, there's no dilly-dallying. Let's go. Let's talk to this person. And I have a great guest for your podcast, or I have a great book for you to review, or here's someone from your hometown that you should talk to in your newspaper because this is a new author or an experienced author or a, a, a nonfiction title that is current with issues in the news today. So don't work with someone who's going to dilly-dally. Don't work with someone who's going to hand you over to an intern or, or a newbie. Ask the questions. Don't get intimidated. It's your book. It's your budget. It's your campaign. You are the author. You want results. Make sure that you're asking tough questions of your potential public relations partner. I like that. Thank you. And we're going to go ahead and get wrapping it up because obviously you and I could talk for a very, very long time. <laughs> Is there any closing notes that you would like to share uh, with the listeners in regards to, um, you know, in, in regards to public relations? So it's important that every book has a public relations campaign or the press and the public is not going to know about your book. So make sure that public relations is part of your marketing budget. Make sure you've done your homework. If you'd like to have a complimentary consultation with me, any of your listeners can reach out to andreapasspr.com and schedule an appointment with me. Please note that you found me through Cindy's podcast so that I will know that. And then we can talk a little bit about it, but you have to know that you have a budget for public relations because that's going to help move you forward and get press coverage. So I wish all of your authors best of luck in their fiction and nonfiction books. 
because that becomes your baby and that's something that you have for you and for generations to come. So it's a very exciting time. And if it's your career, you've want, you want to get bigger and bigger. So you've got to start somewhere, start today. I like that. Great way to end the show. Andrea, again, thank you. Thank you for ta- your time and taking this opportunity to share insights that are valuable. Uh, thank you so actually, much for having me. It was a great, I, I wish we lived near each other. We'd go out for coffee. <laughs> yes, both of us have been sipping our mugs of, well, I'm drinking tea. I don't know. What are you I drinking today? Half coffee. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for listening to our informative conversation. To access the show notes page for this episode, visit pen2paperpress.com backslash podcast. You will find the link to Andrea's website so that you can learn more about the services she offers. While you're on the show notes page, leave us a comment about the takeaways you gained from this episode. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press newsletter and subscribe to your favorite podcast application. Take care and until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Know that your words have power and your story matters. Bye for now.